Hello everyone and welcome back to the Failure, Understanding, Care and Kunst podcast. I am James, I am one half of Failure, Understanding, Care and Kunst, aka Fuck, alongside my partner, Ruth Aitken, who's also an artist and a curator like myself. This is a conversation we have for you with Laurie Lax. Now, Laurie is originally from England, but she moved to Norway to study at the Art Academy in Bergen. She runs this artist-led space called Ariel in Bergen. It's a super interesting artist-led space. They're all artists who have what could be described as socially engaged practices who upkeep this space. And because the practice is a socially engaged practice, it means that their studio space is also the gallery space. So it's a super interesting concept. So we were resident in the space aerial for several weeks in the summer of 2021, myself and Ruth. And towards the end of this residency, we invited several people in to sit with us and speak with us and share their thoughts with us. So Laurie came in one day and this is the result. to two this episode so we'll be back with uh, part two because it is just uh, incredibly long but that should be in your feed very very soon hope you enjoy what's the topic i don't know you're going to give you're going to talk about fairy timberlands fairy timberlands and something about babies because I think it's very interesting in terms of sustainable sustainability babies. I mean, mm-hmm. some ocean ocean scientists that I met the other day, mm-hmm. one of them was like, oh, I mean, that is the solution, is that people should just stop having babies. You know? mm-hmm. And I, I'm intuitively, I, uh, I want to, yeah, I, I don't accept that. But then maybe because it kind of annoys me that attitude. Mm-hmm. But I also, but then maybe it annoys me for something. You know, when something annoys you, it's something you should look at. Mm-hmm. But um, but uh, also Terry Ten Minutes, you should check out. She's a uh electroacoustic sound producer, also a DJ. But then this is uh, DJ Sprinkles. Um, DJs. Sprinkles. Sprinkles, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But um, they, they, now I see they're featuring a lot. It was my favourite, their, their work was my favourite work at Documenta mm-hmm. a few years ago. Um, it's so uh, extreme, but they, um, that was Love Bomb, that film. But they have another film or video. It's kind of sound and text mainly. Mm-hmm. With some imagery, but it's called depopulation. Mm-hmm. So set to the backdrop of like blurred incest porn, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as in not in as in not real incest, but like people pretending to have sex. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the stepmother is trapped yeah, in exactly. bed again. Here yeah, that happens. <laughs> so it's an epidemic. <laughs> people need to talk about stepsisters. <laughs> 
blue job to the stepbrothers is a fever, okay? But yeah, it's called Depopulation. So mm-hmm. I mean, the title says it all really, uh-huh. but it's it's, a, it's an essay mm-hmm. in a way, arguing against having babies mm-hmm. because most of them. It's got all these very well researched statistics uh-huh. of like, I don't know, something like sixty percent of babies are not even wanted, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, just how uh, it plays into the whole capitalist and patriarchy and everything and yeah um, um you should really check it out it's uh, quite compelling the arguments yeah i think uh it's quite a big i don't know anti anti i was anti-baby. I was anti-baby. I would see babies yeah. in the street and then i'd spit on them yeah but that's it you got to yeah. differentiate between liking babies and yeah. you know being yeah. humans that's like saying i don't like humans don't no? <laughs> no, I like people. Humans, no, that's why I do. Uh, no, I think it, I think there's ground in it, but I think it's also so close. Like I'm very, very wary of like moving into the eco-fascist mm. realm, which a lot of it is around birth. Mm. Um, and I really uh, don't want to, I don't think anyone should really be involved with telling anyone whether they can have kids or not. Yeah. Because of, yeah, just like historical, Mm. historical patterns, uh, and still going on pattern of like, like active eugenics. So then, or like, and also, yeah, uh, disempowering women, it being something that's removed from, from women's lives. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, there is an argument that there is enough resources for, you know, the entire population as it is, and more, and the problem is distribution. Yeah. Which I very much agree. So much waste. So much waste. I said that. <laughs> but, uh, Yeah, but, but like I definitely think if you're increasing like access to uh, like birth control and mm. like populations where women are much more enfranchised have lower birth rates because women don't need to have kids, have control over whether they have Yeah, maybe they're more equal societies, like mm. as well, so more women are in work and yeah, then, then they're. Yeah. yeah, and there's birth control and education and all of that. Yeah. But yeah, who are we to say, oh, you should, people should not have babies when, yeah, you know, um, maybe in some places it's, it's shameful to not. Yeah. Um, and um, <clears throat> I don't know, I'm trying to think of your, your failure understanding care and kunst. That, um, oh, what's something I find interesting about um, birth or coming into life is that in a way it's like an accident yeah or a failure mm-hmm. you could call it a failure or an accident I, I mean uh, failure is linked to accidents mm-hmm. I think because you don't intend to fail but, um, 
people don't intend to have children. Lots of people do not intend to have children. Yeah. yeah. I mean, me. I'm, I'm all me and my siblings are accidents. But that's something about life. I mean, yeah. come out of. R- rolling with the punches. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's... Saying I'll make the most of this mistake. <laughs> yeah. Let's call her Lori. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we can't plan everything. No. We can't manage everything. Or maybe we don't want to. But we could stop being so greedy. We could. Yeah. And I do think there's something about, like, Just de. Yeah, just stop consuming shit as much. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was it Terry was saying? Yeah, if, if you think, you know, but like most people will have kids for selfish reasons. If they decide to have them, it's because you want someone to look after you when you're old. Yeah. I definitely want that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, a it's definitely the wrong reason to have a kid, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, that and someone to love you yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, unconditionally yeah. yeah somebody to help on the uh, on the farm you know yeah it can be quite useful I suppose on the farm and when you need to feed uh, the potatoes picked and all that sort of stuff yeah mm. then it's uh, selfish mm, yeah. yeah I don't know there's a, there's a couple of points, I suppose, I would reflect on here, is that it's a very bizarre time to be talking about depopulation, because I think every country in the Western world mm. are, uh, they are depopulating, as in like the birth rate is not keeping up. So I think it was last year for the first time, obviously, the COVID yeah. pandemic, I think the first time since statistics began that the death rate, or maybe this highest time since the, the war, Mm. that the death rate was greater than the birth rate in the UK. Oh. Um, so, and that's a trend, obviously, that's happening all over the world. I mean, Japan. Yeah, Japan, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, maybe this is bringing some uh, benefits. For example, I was listening in, Japanese, in a podcast about Japanese society. And so a lot of women, uh, a lot of women are, are choosing uh, a career over, over, over kids. And it's, it's often doing that because men are absent culturally from family groups, for example. Uh, and that's obviously beginning to slowly change. Mm-hmm. But obviously Japan is famous for having a collapsing birth rate. China is obviously... Uh, I think they've relaxed their... Uh, I think there's two kids you could have now. I think there's they've now been up to put a limit on it because they're... Oh, that was awful. So many kids just left out. Like all those orphans. Yeah, went to like be a prostitute in Cuba, you know, or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's now been. I think this year been descended, so you can have as many babies as you like in China now. Um, but of course, the population is crashing in China, you know, yeah. like everywhere in the West, in the Western world, in the developed world, the human population is is mm. crashing. Um, so yeah, the, I can't speak to the uh, the. Uh, I mean, the fear is that we're going to run out of 
arable land, right? The Malthusian thing, right? Where we run, we literally run out of earth that can be farmed to feed the population that's still going to grow and is anticipated to grow to, I believe, 20, yeah, 2080, 2100 human populations going to increase. So I suppose the question is, is there enough arable land to feed all those people? And I mean, the assumption is yes, but if there is a massive crisis, then obviously... I mean, the population is not decreasing fast enough that the arable land is still running. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's difficult to know because yields have been going up exponentially yeah. since the dawn of modernity. It's all just short So, it's, I mean, this, is, this has been something that people have spoken about for 500 years and it's never come to. So it's, it's whether we're in a period where that logic runs out or whether it carries on. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're like, there's a couple of different things. We're in a period of acceleration in regards to everything and in regards to climate. So there's a lot of land that was arable that will not be arable anymore. And that's due to salination, removal of topsoil, uh, just the death of the bees. Yeah, and then you also have like biodiversity crisis, which feeds into whether lands are arable. And then you also have the removal of soil-based nitrate from the system, which is, a, I think, a, a very positive thing to happen, but it will result in a big shift in agriculture. So you've got all of these things happening, but simultaneously, we also have like huge shifts in technology. So you sort of like, uh, Robotics, um, in farming, growing in farming, uh, vertical planting, in interior planting, and ever since humans. City farms. Yeah, but I mean, city farm. Like I think, like the 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 technology, it's more than just moving stuff into. Like it's much more vertical, much more like. Yeah. Yeah. Becoming forty and. Or post forest production of things to eat. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think obviously it's, you're going to look very stupid if you come back on this if, if there's a massive famine in the Western world in you know fifty years time because mm. of crop yield collapsing. You know, but the, there's <clears throat> but then again, there's always the condition. There's always the chance that things just carry on. Like the the, the the they carry on as is uh, normal, and if they do, uh, it means terrible things for the climate and terrible things for people's health, as heart disease, you know, saturated fats, and and uh, uh, things like obesity uh, and health related issues become massive, massive uh, killers, mm-hmm. and they continue to be killers and. Yeah. Obesity and heart disease. Because they're eating so many so much. No, but it's in the genes or Well, I mean I don't know. I'm not I'm Palm oil. It's everything. Maybe it's just making lard and, and yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um uh, salad's really good though. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I, th- I think there is no moral there's absolutely no moral problem with having babies and I think the idea that 
somehow it's some sort of active anti-capitalist resistance to yeah. not have a baby seems very strange considering the time we're in whereby one's where the ba- a baby if anything is a distraction from your ability to engage as a productive laborer yeah you know what i mean yeah, yeah absolutely so, so like, i don't yeah. know how there's anything yeah. necessarily anti-capitalistic about not having a baby and so many people are giving but up on then, having a baby yeah it's a really interesting way to look at the topic. And maybe it's partially how I got into it when I was studying. Mm. Most food is sort of like thinking about food and sustainability of our food, food uh, network. Mm. And then you start thinking about people and how people are seen under capitalism. Mm-hmm. And production is seen under capitalism. But and, and what about um, oh I need some more salt. Um, no, salt um also like maybe it's better to have two children rather than one. Yeah, I don't know. You're a single child, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You're not. Oh they're um I I just thought you said that your I just thought that because you said that your mum had you and she was quite thirty nine or something. Yeah, and then you had my brother at forty one. Right. You do have like only child vibes. You mean I'm really socially okay. weird and when I was just only children, uh, but yeah, that... I demand I demand lots of Christmas presents. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, the only child thing, uh, yeah, typically they're selfish. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's better to have two because yeah. being selfish yeah. is not good. Yeah. Because you've got to be up for sharing yeah. the resources. Mm. I mean, if you're talking about literal sustainability as in sustaining a particular level, mm. two kids is like, we're not increasing the population, we're not decreasing the population. We're literally sustaining it. Mm. Two people on two kids. Mm. Mm. That's an interesting um, perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, yeah. Only. Um, I don't want to be harsh because there's plenty of people who are only But it's nice to have it's nice to have a sibling. Mm. Yeah. Well, about babies. I mean nappies. I always think, oh god, like that's mm. you know, how many a day? Mm. Plastic. Mm. Is that um, renewable? Oh, do we have to talk okay. about this while we eat lunch? <laughs> so, um, the, the, in Scotland, we have our autumn holidays called the Tatty Holidays. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, the kids would go off, get off school for two weeks to help the farmers pick up all the potatoes. Mm-hmm. So they're called the Tatty Holidays. Mm-hmm. Of course, no children pick potatoes anymore in the autumn. Uh, we have immigrants now to do that for us, of course. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was that was a thing that for, particularly my dad would talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you have to like everybody. <coughs> have, the child, um, yeah, the child being this like element for the family, uh, mm. and the child having to give back to the family, like you're part of this unit, mm. and that's obviously been lost. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the older system was better, 
We are some children are very cheap labor. Yeah, yeah, but no, what I'm saying, obviously, like, this is an improvement, but if there's something on that meta level, if you were Foucault or something like that, talking about the changing role, the changing purpose, and the changing attitude towards children and things like that. Mm -hmm. The idea that you'd send kids mm -hmm. out today is that mm -hmm. absurd because, of course, the child is like the protective category, whereas yeah. years after the war, the child was this completely subservient uh, mm -hmm. cog in the family machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder what's um, yeah, in child labour. I mean, yeah, that's, depends what kind of labour, I think. Mm. But then you'd be leaving school at 14 and being, you know, sent to the factory for um, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm jumping a bit, but I was just thinking, I do think ultimately the decision to have, this is quite an extreme view. I believe the decision to have babies or not is 100% up to the woman or the person who can give birth. Mm. That's my view. What happens if the man doesn't consent and the man refuses to have sex? Yeah, that's technically right. I mean, if you oh. get pregnant, mm. it's 100%. I feel like it's always been portrayed that it's like the woman who really wants to have mm -hmm. babies and actually mm -hmm. women are the ones that can have babies mm -hmm. and it's, mm -hmm. it's their choice. It's completely their choice to have them. Not. Do you not think, I mean, like, in, yeah, in an absolute, I agree, but <laughs> do you think that situation would, I'm not saying it would never arise, but. But do you feel in practice, say if you're pregnant, and yeah. uh, I don't know, you, you feel like you would morally you would want to speak about it with your partner mm. if, if it was an accident. Yeah, so I would take it into consideration. Yeah, yeah. But in the end, it still my, would be my choice. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But it feels, it feels like we don't make the most of what we have. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Like, we don't even utilize what we have in terms of people people i mean people like the the people's abilities mm. um that we're not using people's abilities to to a good end that's my general sort of sweeping view is that there's so much waste not only of resources and stuff but of human potential mm. it's uh so sad. Yeah. Um, and that's because of hierarchies and well, I'm not, I don't know why it is, you know, I don't have the answer, but just um, that's because of inequality. That's because of religion, I, I would suspect, and just dominance over other people. And yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, like centralized power. Mm -hmm. um, and centralized resources. Mm -hmm. Like education and, mm -hmm. and things out of people's hands. Mm -hmm. Such a salt fiend. Mm -hmm. The salt makes everything delicious. Yeah, it does.
people want to feel useful. There's so much depression now, isn't there? Do you think there's more depression now? Mental health it feels like it feels like um, mental health is like more a problem now. Do you know, I think there's a lot of like mental health that was just not been talked about. And yeah, yeah. It was, or it was seven, yeah. Or, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was something else. You know what I mean? Mm. And you just, or you just couldn't speak about it. Mm. Um, or it maybe came out in very, very strange, different ways. And mm. Like mm. people maybe did got get more help these days, mm. so there's less. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Because I don't really know, because, you know, I'm just, I mean, my life is quite short, so I don't really have much to compare it to, in terms of, mm-hmm. it's when you're just completely unaware when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you're not unaware, but, yeah, it's something different, I suppose. I like that, yeah, this link between sustainability and health. Mm-hmm. Interesting, too. There's a really nice zine called Power Makes Us Sick, mm. or Power Makes You Sick, mm. which is also linked to this other project called Pirate Care. Mm-hmm. And that's entirely about like the relationship between capitalism and environment and health. Mm-hmm. And this constant mm. you know, lack of <laughs> the, the sickness that is mm. generated through... Mm-hmm. And then there's another essay here that's talking about like autoimmune disease in relation to mm. overwork and overproduction. Really? Mm. If I'm curatorially, it's a really good essay. I actually don't know where it is. In, in my, I can find it for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love them. Mm-hmm. Overproduction. Mm. In, in the arts, or like that over. Yeah, hyperproduction. Mm-hmm. What kind of autoimmune disease? I'm just talking specifically about just autoimmune diseases and then runs out to other. Sorry, this is terrible for the recording. So green, so many greens. Mm. Yeah, I miss too much greens. It was too healthy for me. My body's like in shock or something like that. It's like, there's <laughs> only green things in here. What's going on? There wasn't only green things. There was a red thing, so there was a pomegranate. Yeah, mental health. Yeah, I don't know. It's difficult because, yeah, I don't really have much parameters on it or grasp on it in terms of, in terms of anything. Yeah, I think you're, you're kind of onto something there with about how it's just not, it's talked about now. Like there was this kind of social acceptance of it in a way that there just wasn't even like 15 years ago. You know? mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to think the other day we were talking about something we were talking about coming to maybe just What's this? reflecting, thinking about like 15 years ago the way Britney Spears was treated mm-hmm. as compared to how Britney Spears is treated now. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think the, yeah. the 2000s was such a weird, weird time. And yeah. I feel that Today we live in a world that is very much a reaction to that world. Like more, more compassionate. Yeah, yeah, but also I think uh, incredibly um, 
I mean, you could argue today as well it's, it's, uh, there's an oversensitivity or uh, mm. you could argue that you could also argue mm. that oh there's all this woke stuff or whatever yeah. but I think it makes sense when you think about it as a generation that have mm-hmm. grown up maybe quite shocked by what happened mm-hmm. as normal mm-hmm. 20, 15, 20 years ago I'm thinking even the entertainment 20 years ago like Jackass to oh Big Brother you know it was it was really oh. Yeah, it was cruel, and I think everybody was just so fucking horny all the time. Like, mm. It was really strange that now everybody's asexual and like nobody's fucking. But I'm thinking like Big Brother. It was basically like you know I remember the big, the season four or something. They made a big deal out of they were gonna have a big bowl of condoms in the middle of the table, and they were clearly oh just to try and get like you know, well, sex sells. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was just sort of mainstream like people are gonna fuck, you know, and that was like the it was like this whole. Now it's like the surface level, you just have Love Island, where it's like the fucking is the dick, right? Mm-hmm. I never watched it, but you know, you didn't have to go through the whole like this is a social experiment, blah blah blah. There's like you know, the whole pretense of Big Brother, just so you can get people in a room and, and watch them fuck. Whereas now I think it, you would just do that, or much less prudish in that sense, but it meant that you had to go through all this cruelty and even the process of reality TV and things, the way celebrities were treated. I think that the, the I mean, we all come from the UK, of course, with the benefit of the tape, thinking about the 1970s and just how everybody in the 1970s was a paedophile, apparently, you know, from Rolf Harris to Jimmy Savile. Crazy. And how, and how that was... Michael Jackson. It, yeah, yeah, it just maybe wasn't talked about. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like, all that, people were just like, oh, that's just what Michael Jackson does, you know. And there was there was a certain, uh, like, lad culture, lad magazines and stuff, there, there mm. was a certain nastiness to culture. Mm. And a certain mm. not caring, not caring is cool. Mm. That was the messaging. The yeah, caring and, is like the conservative moral. Yeah, and, and whereas I think now, uh, whereas I think now maybe it's went all the way around and it's mm. maybe a little bit, the culture is quite tame and quite timid and quite reserved and maybe a little bit too sensitive. Which is a reaction precisely against the, the mm. crassness, the crudeness, the cruelty, yeah. the nastiness that we all grew up with, you know? Which I still hold on to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Well, that's interesting. So that's, so that's my take. And I think yeah. it's also, it's, it's, yeah, it's people res- just thinking about how even somebody like Frankie Boyle, who's been, who sort of emerged at the tail end of the, the sort of 2000s as like a mainstream comedy figure, and how he's went from this uh, shock. shock, yeah, like the idea of shock being edgy in itself, or shock being like progressive, or something, mm. shock being worthy in and of itself to where he is now, where it's much more, I mean, he's just getting older or whatever, but you know. Analyzing the, the circumstances and the conditions mm. and engaging politically. So, I think somebody like Frankie Boyle is a good way to understand that mm. and change a, a much wider cultural shift away from shock and awe to introspection and at least on a cultural level, care. Even as the state, yeah, it's sort of yeah, of course, yeah. From its, yeah. I culturally care, yeah, but, but yeah, maybe that, yeah, yeah, yeah but also like a consideration because I mean, like the 90s and noughties are like you know, up until the mid noughties were uh-huh. entirely about the hyper individual, 
it was this like celebration of neoliberalism. Mm. Um, yeah. In every in every aspect. Yeah, it was just ramping up. Yeah, it was like ramp really, really, you know, I was hitting it until, you know, obviously the crash. Put things into a new light. Mm -hmm. And you have so yeah, like all of the comedy was entirely about the individual and the individual's right to express mm -hmm. uh, without consideration for a collective, because the collective doesn't really exist. Mm -hmm. It's all about the individual. Um and that shifted because yeah, or just everything came about Frankie Paul is a, a prime example. It is, yeah, like cultural uh, care. It's care for your position within a structure and how you act culturally or your cultural act impacts on a broader sphere. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, yeah. Why did we start talking about Cranky Boyle? Because I, I was trying to make a link between health and um, yeah. sustainability and then that people are not really being used to their full potential mm. but then we went to Britney Spears and how mm. culture has changed towards a more seemingly caring one mm. are we actually caring more mm. or we just appear to be or it's fashionable to care more because like I noticed that a lot with the you know many organisations mm -hmm. doing things that are okay so let's say if we are genuinely more inclusive as well, mm -hmm. then surely it's going to be more sustainable as well. Like mm -hmm. less, mm -hmm. less crime, less, well, I don't know. So I'm talking very general. Um, but you know what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh, I was following, yeah. I think a lot of organisations, they, 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 they use this care as a, as a vanity mm -hmm. thing, like to make yourself look better, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know I'm where we're very well. I'm probably always the one that's if Stacey or something like, should I tweet about this? Or and I'm like, no, because like, it's just to make ourselves appear mm -hmm. caring. And it's like, should we just do the caring and not have to appear like it? Like mm -hmm. I don't know. Or it's mm -hmm. a fine line there, but um, yeah. I do think there's a lot, a lot of this pretending to care stuff going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and and like in the trans uh, mm. community as well, I see it's just it's almost like it's I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's the I mean that's the, the cynical yeah critique of like wokeness or whatever, right? Yeah, that yeah. It's, that it's a pure. That's not that's a pure thing, but it's uh, easily kind of co-opted by nefarious mm -hmm. factions who can adopt certain languages, strategies mm -hmm. and styles mm -hmm. and also just continue doing what they're doing or doing yeah. negative things like, like wrap pride. it in a positive wrap it in a positive wrap it in the right words you know yeah whitewashing yeah yeah, yeah pride is a good example as well mm -hmm. how it's just got completely co-opted by corporations and mm -hmm. who never mm -hmm. Who have terrible histories of employing gay people and stuff like that, and just yeah. So it feels like the only thing to do is to resist, but do it invisibly so that they can't steal your ideas. 
or like <laughs> yeah so, and that's also Terry Temlitz also speaks a lot mm. about that doing things uh, invisibly uh, yeah. yeah I don't know it's one of these very difficult things because like doing like activism invisibly yeah how does that function and maybe it functions very well like uh, well, you just should never see it yeah. yeah, because like I mean, like the majority of organizing is happening. You know, it is happening in Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Actually, that's the reason we started. Uh, we came up with the not what became our manifesto. What eventually became my master's project, but was uh, actually your term. This what? idea of an activism. Mm-hmm. Is that my term? That was your term. Yeah, I have it. I have it on Skype. Uh, I actually have it printed out. Is it your idea? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but your point being that uh, activism has boiled down to like the public. Um... Yes, please. Uh, just just for the benefit of the tape, just uh, tell everybody <laughs> my idea. Yes. Uh, boiled down to both like an image banking or like a signifier. Mm-hmm. To yeah, and and also uh, like thinking of one click activism. Mm, yeah, being, it's not just a signifier to other people, but it's a signifier to yourself that you are. I actually don't think this is what you said. This is maybe me expanding mm. on you, but uh, as a signifier for to yourself that you are comparing things. Right, um, and is that good? Is that useful or not? I don't know, like maybe it's necessary because like in a lot of instances we are quite powerless. So I don't know part of me is like, okay, if that helps with your anxiety. And like and it probably like, does make you be around. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, like that's if you're you can't do anything anyway, then I don't know. I don't know. It's like this argument about recycling as well. Like I think by recycling it gives you the false sense that you're doing something. Yeah. You're really not. Like no. it's it's not really anything. No, it should just be a given kind of yeah. yeah, so it's like by by putting energy into that, we yeah. are drawing attention away from actually, yeah, like the big, the big banana. Yeah, it's not the big elephant or the pink elephant. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't really, since we're to Norway, I feel like all of my idioms have just become really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the big elephant. Yeah, the distraction is. Uh, yeah, distracting from from oil essentially, or from fossil fuel consumption, and from biodiversity.